Well, good evening. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm Pastor Allen. We're so glad that you're here to join us for this uh, Christmas Eve service. Uh, the title of the, my little message or talk this evening is A Random Christmas, and we hope to have you out here by 6 o'clock if I don't talk too long, all right? Uh, Christmas. Does it seem random? The original Christmas, the first Christmas? If you were God, if I was God, would we script it that way? Uh, as I was thinking about it, I didn't think so. Uh, we wouldn't have this census and have Mary have to travel so far and then have no room and be born in a stable and then only people show up are shepherds and some wise men later. It's just kind of a weird story. It just seems so random. What about your life? How do you see your life? Do you see it as just random? Coincidences? Things just happen? <clears throat> We all have these curveballs that come in our lives, right? These things we don't expect, the things we uh, don't really like, things we don't want. Well, everybody kind of knows what I'm going to talk about in general on Christmas Eve. Well, Mary had probably the biggest curveball that anybody's ever had in the history of mankind. Now, it's a weird thing about us. It seems like we just want life to make sense. We don't want it to be just random. It uh, doesn't matter if you're a Jesus follower or not. If you're not, we're certainly glad that you're here. Uh, but if you're not, you still have the sense that you want life to make sense. You don't want it to be all random. You don't want it to all be just accidents and coincidences and mistakes. Um, and if you don't believe me, just think, I'm going to put some phrases up on the, on the screen here that you and I have said or heard said or thought. And it just goes to the fact that we don't want life to be random. For example... Everything happens for a reason. Now, I'm, I'm kind of a skeptical guy. And as soon as I hear that, I said, ah, I don't really believe that. I hit my thumb with a hammer. That happened for a reason. <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, we say that, don't we? We think that. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I don't believe in coincidences. Well, maybe, maybe not. But some of us would say, I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, things that happen are supposed to happen. Or how about this one? You just haven't met the right person yet that relationship didn't work out but the, the right person's out there you just haven't met them right because there is it isn't a randomness to life there's an order to life and then this one it just wasn't meant to be it just wasn't meant to be that you got that job it wasn't meant to be that you got to go there or live there or move there or meet that person now if that's not convincing enough how about this one anytime you and I have asked this or thought this why is this happening to me? And if you're a Jesus follower, you would put God in front. God, why is this happening to me? That question implies that we think there is supposed to be <laughs> a plan, a purpose. Things aren't supposed to be random. So when we lose our job, for example, or if we have this illness or somebody close to us has an illness or... Uh, you know, we don't do so well at school. Our kids get in trouble uh, with drugs or something. Our grandkids. If we ask or even think the question, why is this happening? Or why is this happening to me? It implies we don't believe that life is random. And it's true of other people. People you know, your neighbors, your, your friends, uh, relatives, people at work, people at school. When you see especially bad things happening to them, don't you think? Why is this happening to them? They're nice people. They're good people. Why is this happening? So my next question is, why is that? Why do we think 
that life isn't random. Why do we think that there's got to be purpose and meaning? Now, some of you have pets. I'm not a pet person. You have the dogs, uh, uh, especially when a couple of my grandkids have dogs. Now, it's funny. I don't think dogs wake up every morning and think, ah, oh, I wonder what the purpose of life is. I wonder if this all makes sense. You know, they just want a meal and a nap and <laughs> a warm place to be, right? And, you know, animals don't think this, but why? Why do we? And another thought we have sometimes is this. And maybe this is the reason some of you came, came to Jesus. There's got to be more. You know, I'm just living my life kind of random, just kind of have fun. And, and in some place along the line, I just think, there's got to be more than this. I, I don't, you know, there's got to be more. And you just find it be, kind of feel disconnected with the world and with life. Now, for us Jesus followers, we have a phrase we use, <laughs> and it's this. It's a God thing, right? You got that job? It's a God thing. You met that person? It was a God thing. Well, that didn't work out. That was a God thing. It's a God thing. Now, what I believe is that need for us to feel like life isn't random is the fact that we are made in the image of God. And like I said, you don't have to be a Jesus follower. All of you are made in the image of God. And there's just this need in us to make sense of life, to connect the dots, if you will. We just long to do that. We long to make sense of it all. Even the bad stuff. And we believe that God can bring good out of even bad. In fact, God does bring good out of bad. So I believe the Christmas story is maybe the best example that life is not random, that God is alive and well and active in this world, even when it seems like it might not be. Now we're going to read part of the Christmas story out of Luke. And if you're one of these skeptics that believe the Bible is just kind of, uh, you know, somebody just made it up, I want to read the first couple verses of Luke and you, I'm going to ask you, if this sounds like a fairy tale. Does this like, sound like somebody, somebody made up? All right, so let's, let's start reading. Luke chapter 1. Luke was, uh, uh, lived in the first century and, and, and wrote this. He said, Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that, I have been, uh, that have been fulfilled among us. Of course, it's an account of the life of Jesus. He said, lots of people have done it. I'm just one of them. Uh, many of us are doing it because this is something that many of us think is important. So we're going to write it down. Now, now notice, he didn't just sit down and write. What did he do? They and, and he himself use eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. So did he just make this up? No. And even in court, we accept eyewitnesses, Right? As factual. And so that's what he did. He went and talked to eyewitnesses so he could get the facts. Sounds like a newspaper reporter. Doesn't sound like a fairy tale, right? And going on. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning. So he didn't just, just do this a little bit. He didn't do this just hit or miss. He did carefully investigated everything. Not just parts, but everything from beginning to end with the purpose decided to write an accurate account for you so you can be certain of the truth to everything you were taught. So you can be pretty sure, I can be pretty sure that what we're going to read was fact. Otherwise, he wouldn't have written it down. So that in mind, this doesn't sound like a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, does it? All right? This sounds more like newspaper reporting. 
So with that in mind, let's read part of the Christmas story beginning in verse 28. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, again, reporter, reporting, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. We talked about the descendant of King David two weeks ago, and if, uh, it's on our website if you want to listen to it, uh, the significance of that. So we have these, these Elizabeth and Mary. Uh, none of the other verse is going to say they're, they're, they're relatives of some sort. Uh, some translations say cousins. And uh, Elizabeth is pregnant, and Mary's a virgin, okay? Probably a teenage girl. And just like thousands of other girls, uh, she got engaged to be married, probably arranged by her parents. She might have never even met Joseph. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, but he was, she was uh, engaged, and the engagement was about a year long. And, um, but you were betrothed, they're engaged, and so this was like you had to get a divorce to get out of this. So a descendant of King David. Now, <clears throat> what might seem to be random... God wants to remind us that this is, he is orchestrating all these events back then as well as today. So Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. We'll come back to that favored woman thing in a minute. The Lord is with you. Now, I've never had an angel speak to me. Have any any of you had an angel speak to you? Maybe you have. I I don't know, but uh, it would be disturbing, wouldn't it? You might even think we lost our mind. Uh, confused. Some translations said she was afraid. And then she was wondering, what could this guy mean by telling well, I'm favored, the Lord's with me. What, what, what could that mean? And he, the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. For you have found, again, favor with God. You're like God's favorite. Well, that's a little strange. That's a little weird. Uh, kind of cool, I guess. Uh, we'll see how that all works out for you, Mary, being God's favorite. And then the story goes on, or the account goes on. Now notice, <clears throat> there's no doubts, there's no ifs, there's no question marks, there's no maybes. As the angel's reporting this, again, ahead of time. You, Mary, will receive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. You're not going to name him anything else. He will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Doesn't sound very iffy, does it? Hadn't happened yet. But the angel said, God is going to make this happen. Now, this forever and never end, that's pretty strange. Because they lived during the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire had been around for a while. It was going to be around for a long time longer. And probably didn't think it was going to end. But the Greeks were before them. And they, they were pretty powerful. But their, their kingdom ended. And then the Persians and the Babylonians. And they all back to the Egyptians. All these powerful kingdoms came. And existed for hundreds of years. And looked like they were going to last forever. But they didn't. But this Jesus guy... <laughs> his kingdom is going to reign forever? Hard to believe. But was that what Mary was concerned about? 
<laughs> Ladies, would that be what you were concerned about? Now, here's what Mary was concerned about. But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I've had a science lesson. I understand how these things work. How can this happen? And the angel replied, nice enough to answer, the Holy Spirit will, again, come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Let me ask you a question. Raise your hands. How many of you have heard the phrase, Son of God, referred to Jesus? Almost everybody. Probably everybody, just that somebody didn't raise your hand. It's, we've heard it, right? But can you ma- imagine how blasphemous this would have been for Mary? I mean, I'm going to have a child and they're going to call him, <laughs> he's going to be the son of God? That's blasphemy. I, I, how can that be? That certainly can't be. The angel goes on. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Already happened. That's past tense. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and he is now in her sixth month. For the word, the word of God will never fail. Now, this was a little strange to them because for f- over 400 years, God had been silent. Now, we're kind of starting the New Testament. There had been four, over 400 years since the Old Testament. So these prophets would come and say, God said this, and God wants this, and God wants you to do this. And for over 400 years, that's older than our country is, nothing from God. And all of a sudden, the angel comes and says, the word of God will never fail. And it's kind of this God says to them and to us, don't you understand? Don't you understand that I'm alive and well and active in the world and I've got things under control. I'm not controlling everything, but I've got it under control control and I'm about to do something we're going to talk about a week from Sunday tomorrow uh, I'm going to about to do something brand new and that's the last Mary hears about from the angel and probably she'd probably like to hear a few met hear from a few other times in the future but she doesn't so her life goes back to we might say normal but it really wasn't normal was it in fact, we might call it subnormal. I don't think any of us would want to trade places with her. Got really complicated, right? She is a virgin, claiming to be a virgin that's pregnant. How about that one? How's that going to go around the town? Now, fortunately, her husband, her future husband, Joseph, got word from the angel too, because that would have really gotten complicated, right? And then, think about bad timing. Caesar Augustus all of a sudden decides he wants to take a census. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, Joseph's uh, hometown was Bethlehem. Most of the kids got that one right, right? Bethlehem. Not Dallas, but Bethlehem. And uh, it was 120 miles away. And it wasn't early in her pregnancy. It was late in her pregnancy. So Joseph comes to Mary and says, I've got bad news and worse news. <laughs> Now, we've got to go 120 miles and you're pregnant and you're probably going to have to ride on a donkey. So they get there and Coach and Marcy, if you know the story, there's no place. There's no room for them. And I can imagine saying, Mary, Mary saying, God, 
I thought I was your favorite. If I was your favorite, I think you'd at least arrange a room for us to stay in. I don't know. I'm just, just saying, right? Favorite? And then, of course, Herod finds out there's a king born, and he's jealous, and so he wants all the children under two years old executed, all the males. We don't know. He probably killed some of the females, too. And they fortunately get word and, and, and leave. But you ever think about all the other families that didn't get word? And all the grieving? Why? What's the purpose of that? And then we can fast forward 33 years and, of course, Mary watches her son, Jesus, be spit on and beaten to an inch of his life, carry part of his cross up a hill, being crucified, and the Romans were experts at torture at this point, and to die. Now, we know the end of the story, but she didn't know the end of the story at this point, right? What could be the purpose? God, have you lost control? God, again, now I haven't lost, I'm still in control. I'm not controlling things, but I'm in control. And just like Jesus hanging on a cross, and just like Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem, what seems random in your life, a problem at work, marriage, with your children, your health, your finances, isn't random. Paul, writing about 25 years later, wrote it, explained it this way in a letter to a church at Ephesus. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for He's chosen us in advance, and He makes everything. What does everything mean? Everything. All right. What's everything mean? Everything. Okay. He makes everything work out according to His plan. So there is a plan, there is a purpose. It's not random. And for what, what you and I long for is true. But again, Mary didn't know. Certainly she didn't know. Back before and as Jesus was born. But Mary's response is just remarkable. Mary's response is, I am the Lord's servant. Servant means <laughs> you're the boss, I'm the employee. You say jump, I say how high. Whatever you want, I want. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And again, as best we know, the angel never came back. So what, what, can we, can, what takeaway can we get from this? And I'll be done in a minute. From, from this story. Well, here, let me put it up on the screen. I don't know what your idea of faith is. Uh, church you may have grew up in, or maybe you're unchurched. And sometimes we have this idea, perfect faith is the faith that moves God. You know, if I have just enough faith, I can get God to do what I want. Don't see that in this story, do we? We certainly don't see it at the crucifixion. Perfect faith is the faith that moves us to trust God when it doesn't seem like he's moving when it doesn't seem to make sense, when it seems to be random. See, that's the good news. The good news is his pain was our gain. 
And sometimes we figure it out. Sometimes we see the purpose, the plan. Sometimes we see it right away. Sometimes we see it later. Sometimes we never see it. We never understand. Let me just remind you of this. Just because this took them by surprise, they take God by surprise. And your life, whatever you might be going through now, whatever struggles, whatever difficulties, again, health issues, finances, relationships, whatever. It may take you by surprise. It got, it got surprised God. So when you find it difficult, do you find it difficult to trust God? Especially in what seems to be the randomness of life. Just one other statement. God has never interrupted his plan. He never, he's never changed them. Only ours. So I challenge you to believe in spite of what seems to be purposeless, what seems to be random, because it's not. God that loves you enough to let his son die for you has got it under control. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you. Thank you for Mary and her amazing faith. What an example to us. We've got so much more knowledge. We've got the Bible to read she wouldn't have had and, and uh, most of us are older than she was. Should be more mature. But God, she just said, okay, whatever you want, God, is what I want. I believe you want what's best. You know what's best. And you've got it under control. God, if we don't get anything else out of this Christmas season, let us understand that fact. That we can trust you no matter what, thing, however things may look. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.